is wanting to pour his spirit out on a people. And so we looked at how God is stirring up the world and God is stirring up the church. But today I want to bring it right home to you. So on the back of your chairs, there's some little bars. So if you'll go ahead and place your feet there, because I don't want to step on your toes, because I believe this sermon is aiming for your heart, because God wants to make it personal. He wants to tailor make it and deliver it right to us today. I want to speak to you on this sermon from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul's last prison epistle. He knows that he's about to die. As he's penning this epistle, he, he probably hears the henchman sharpening the edge of the guillotine. Getting ready to cut off the believers' heads. They won't renounce their faith. And he knows that he will soon be next. Paul starts out in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, Paul, a prisoner. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. By the will of God and the promise of life. Now I wanted to start in verse 1 today because I wanted you to circle what he says. Paul is a dead man walking. Paul is about to die. And everybody knows it. And he knows it. And he tells young Timothy, he says, Son, I may have a death sentence on me, but I have the sentence of life in me. <clears throat> I know this is the early service, so I'm going to drive that one by you again. Because he says, I may have the sentence of death on my life. I may be waiting to be executed, but I have the sentence of life in me. The sentence of death may be on me, but the sentence of life may be, is in me. And as we watch across the Middle East, Christian after Christian dying day in, day out, hour after hour, they're laying down their life, and we are scratching our heads and saying, how can they have such courageous faith? And one of the reasons is because God doesn't give dying grace on an undying day. And Paul is on a dying day. And he says, son, I might die on the outside, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I may have a sentence of death on me, but I've got the sentence of life within me. He wrote the church of Corinth in the second epistle. He's in the second book of to the church of Corinth. He says, I want you to know this, my brothers. I will not have you be ignorant concerning the trouble we had in Asia. Had we, had, we had the sentence of death within us. And we, we perplexed even our life. But God brought the victory. God brought the victory. Today, what God is saying, and he's writing young Timothy, his mentee in the gospel. He says, son, I've got the promise of life from Jesus Christ. And there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. And what he says is grace and mercy and peace from God the Father. Now let's get down to the heart of it. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Paul is about to die. And you know what he's concerned about? His mentee, Timothy. 
his son in the faith. The one who's going to pick up his mantle and carry out the work. He says, I want you to know that I'm concerned about you. I'm not praying for them to spare me from the guillotine. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. He says, son, I greatly desire to see you. And I am mindful of your tears. That I may be filled with joy. Now let's stop right there. Young Timothy was in the region where Paul was a prisoner. And he would come and see him in the prison. Bring him things. <laughs> this is his second prison epistle to write to young Timothy. And everybody knows Paul's about to die. <clears throat> Have you ever been to the hospital of somebody who's about to die? A bedroom. Somebody was about to pass away. and Man, you go in there and you're trying to hold it together. And when you go to walk away, man, tears begin to flow. And that's what was happening between Paul and Timothy. Old Timothy would go to walk away and he'd probably begin to shed tears. I don't know, maybe when Paul was stirring him up in person... He would begin to see those tears run down young Timothy's face. And Paul says to young Timothy, son, I've got the promise of life. And I want you to know that I'm mindful of your tears. I'm mindful of those tears that roll down your cheeks because you love me and you care for me, not just as your mentor, but as your father, and not just as your father in the ministry, but as your brother in Christ. You care for me. You care for me. And here's what Paul says. Young Timothy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, young Timothy, I am reminded, look at it right here again. What do you see in this next word? I am reminded to stir you up. I'm reminded to stir up the gift, the gift of God which is in you. And I know it's there because I was there and the laying on of my hands. Son, God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but God is giving you the spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Therefore, you, my brother. You do not be ashamed of the testimony. Do not be ashamed of the chains. Do not be ashamed of the marks of Christ. Because marks mean you've been close to the king. I want you to understand our Lord. That his prisoner. And that here I am. I share in the suffering of the gospel. And I want you to understand it's by the power of God. Look at verse 9. Who saved me, who called me with a holy calling, not according to my works, but according to his own purpose. And grace which was given to me in Christ Jesus before time ever began, but has now been revealed the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. To which I, young Timothy, am appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher for the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer many things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed of the gospel. 
For I know whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until the day that I see him. Oh, I just can't stop reading. Therefore, hold fast the pattern of sound doctrine which you've heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus, that good things which are you committed to keep, the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, this you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes, but the Lord grant mercy to the household of one us for us, for who has often refreshed me in my chains. Well, let me just stop right there. I keep I read the whole book of Tim. I mean, God grant him mercy. Let's go back. As the eagle stirs up her nest and hovers over her young, so the Lord has his way. In our life. And maybe just maybe. The thorns in your nest. Was placed there. By a loving father. Because it was a loving mother. Eagle who put those thorns. In her eaglet's nest. And you realize. That the mother also. Had to live amongst the thorns. You realize that the mother also had to live amongst the thistles. And she was willing to live an uncomfortable life so that her baby eaglet could become an eagle and be all that God had designed him to be. And I want you to know today, my friends, and maybe, just maybe, the thistles and the thorns that are in your life has been placed there by a loving father so that you can become all that he designed you to be. So that you can find your destiny. So that your soul print may be fulfilled your spiritual DNA may come to the fulfillment that God has for you he tells young Timothy son you're crying and I love you but son I'm not dying I'm moving on I'm not being demoted I'm being promoted son do you not know that Jesus Abolished death? Do you not remember what I told that bunch of knuckleheads in Corinth the first time in chapter 15? Well, it was before there was chapters. Do you not remember what I wrote to the church of Corinth when I said, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God who gives us our victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Man, let me try to get to these points here. And he says, Timothy, I'm going to stir you up, son. This is my last chance. This is his last, this is his dying words. His dying words to his mentee. He says, son, hold your head up. This thing didn't just start with you. It started with a grandmother. It loved you. It started with a mother 
who loved you. Son, hold your head up. Therefore, remember your calling. I was there. I was there. I remember the call on your life. I was there when we laid hands on you. I was there when the Holy Spirit commissioned you and set you apart. Therefore, remember your call. And today, I believe what God is wanting to tell us personally is remember your call. First of all, from hell to heaven, from from a, a dictatorship to a kingship, to live under the omnipotent God who adopted you out of the orphanage of hell and transferred you into the kingdom of light remember your call the day I called you to salvation to become my son remember your call to salvation to sonship but remember your call to the ministry remember your call to lordship remember your call to grow in faith to walk in grace Remember your call. Son, don't get sidetracked. Don't let the things of the world, don't let the circumstances of the world separate you. What is the Bible saying to us personally? Circumstances will get you sideways. Thorns and thistles will make you resentful. Hard times will either put you away from God or bring you to Him. Circumstances, troubled waters, children, grandchildren, spouses, hard relationships will either separate you from God or draw you to Him. I remember at the crossroads of my life, I said, you know what? I'm going to stick with the stuff. No matter what happens, sink, swim, live, or die. I'm going with Jesus. I've got more on the right side than I do the wrong side. I've got too much to go back. Did I want to retreat? Did I want to bury my head in the sand? Did I want to run away? Did I want to go and get a job? Did I want to hide? Did I want to move to a new city? Absolutely. But you know what I wanted more than anything? I wanted to know God and the power of His resurrection. And some, oh my goodness, sometimes to know the power of His resurrection, you've got to enjoy the fellowship of His suffering. Are you with me? Stir it up, son. Remember the call on your life. Then he says something else. Stir up the fire. Rekindle it. If you look at this. Therefore, I am reminded... To stir you up. I got over the Greek language a long time ago. But, and I I normally just tell you what it means. And I don't ever tell you the words. But but today I want to share the word. Because I want you to understand it. If you look up this word. If you look this up in the Greek. I'm reminded to stir you up. Here is the phrase that you get, the word. Anazopyro. 
Now, here's why I'm sharing it. Because that word means to fan the flame, to kindle up, to inflame one's mind in strength and zeal is what it means in the Greek. But, but I'm sharing it with you today for a different reason. Because I want us to look at it in three parts. The word Anna comes before for us. The word zoe is where we get our word life from. Zoology. The things of the nature, the study of life. And that last word, pyro, is where we get our word pyromaniac from. Somebody who loves to go and who's crazy and set things on fire. And so here's what Paul is, oh my goodness, sometimes there's just little buried treasures here. He says, son, I remember the life that was in you before. And I want to come and stir that up. I want to fan the flame that God put in your heart and in your life. And today, my friends, what I want you to know is that God is looking at us and he's saying, stir up the gift of life that was in you from the beginning. And Paul said, in the beginning, that which I committed to the Lord on the road to Damascus, he is able to keep past Nero. Nero can't take it away from me. The guillotine may separate my shoulder and my neck from my head, but it cannot separate me from the body of Christ who is... who is in all and through all and by all he exists and for his good pleasure. God created the universe for us to enjoy. But for Him, He created us for His good pleasure. Son, remember the call to sonship. Remember the call to ministry. Son, remember that in the beginning... I have the promise of life. Go back to verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the promise of life and the will of God. Son, in the beginning, oh my goodness, I got the promise of life. And in the end, I will not be separated from the promise of life. Son, fan the flame. Dry the tears. I'm telling you, throw your head up. Hold your shoulders back. And march forward for the glory of God. Fight the good fight. Finish. Finish the race. Oh, mercy. We got to wrap this thing up. Son, go seize the victory. You were saved. You were called for his purpose. Death has been abolished. You've been appointed as a preacher an apostle, and a teacher for the world, for Gentiles, for sinners, for broken people. You remember a couple of weeks ago, I shared, man, a family of grace. If somebody gets overwhelmed and they get a little bit excited, don't let it perturb you. You may not know where they've been. You may not know what God has delivered them from. And I'm telling you, it grieves my spirit 
that we can get fired up about everything in the world. We can get loud about sports. We can get loud about politics. We can get loud about all kind of stuff. But let somebody get a little loud for Jesus. And oh my, maybe, just maybe, I'm telling, maybe, just maybe, that person is having an Anazupiran moment where they are remembering the gift of life that was in them. And maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit is over there fanning the flames. Maybe, just maybe, it's fanning. Remember your gift. Stir up your calling. Go seize the victory. You know the thing that makes God the saddest, I believe? It's not the sin in our world. It's not the immorality. Because the Bible says a man... The heart is desperately wicked. Do you think it surprised God, surprises God when sinners sin? I mean, do you? I mean, no. I don't believe that's what breaks his heart. I believe what breaks his heart is when people who have the gift of sonship continue to live like they're orphans. Continue to live like they're beggars. And let their fire dwindle down. My friends, you want to know why we're in the shape we're in as a nation? Because Western Christianity has been lethargically rocked to sleep. At the helm, on the knee of good intentions and political correctness. And the whole time God's saying, I won't fan the flame. I didn't die on an old rugged cross. I wasn't separated from the Father. I wasn't beaten, stricken, smitten by God for you to live like a zombie. God's not looking for the walking dead. He's looking for those who are living the life. Who are living. 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 We got big churches. Lots of money. Lots of programs. Lots of bells and whistles. Lots of kumbaya moments. But they're the walking dead. Because they're not changing the city. Because they're not parch bearers. They're not carrying the flame. That's burning within them. Into the world. As the eagle stirs up her nest. And hovers over her young. So the Lord has his way. In our life. Peter the apostle said. I'm going to stir you up till I'm dead. As long as I am in this tent, I'm going to stir you up. Paul the apostle told young Timothy, I'm going to stir 
you up. Is God trying to stir you up today? Maybe right here we need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Maybe we've been saved so long we forgot what it's like to be lost. Maybe we've become lethargic with good intentions. Maybe other things are stealing your attention. Taking your eye off of the prize. And that's Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Paul says this to wrap it up. He said, Timothy, for my time of departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my race. And there is laid up for me a crown of life. There is laid up for me the royal diadem of heaven, Jesus Christ. Son, don't weep for me because I am on my way to see the one. Son, dry your tears. I'm an apostle by the promise of life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, church? Do you have, what does the Bible want me to do about this? He wants you to acknowledge, do you have the promise of life? And if you have the promise of life, are you doing life like you have life? If not, this is your moment today. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to our hearts. Lord, this isn't about cunningness. It isn't about trickery. It isn't about manipulation. Lord, it's about the pure word of God effectively working in our heart. That God, you may stir up something in our life. God, that you may continue what you started last night on a Saturday night where revival began to just set down amongst us, Lord. And Lord, that right here in this place today, that the hurting, Lord, the, the aimless, the helpless, the bewildered may come to this place and find rest for their soul. In Jesus' name, amen. 